brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, Campus Cronies. Welcome back to Campus Crime Chronicles. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Turner, higher education professional and true crime addict. In every episode of this podcast, I take a deep dive into some sort of true crime that occurred on a school campus or a crime that's associated with a college or university in some way. For each episode, I rate the seriousness of the crime from one to five on my serious crime scale, with one being completely not serious, possibly even a little humorous from time to time, to five being very serious. This episode is rated creepy and scary. Y'all, I have a very special episode of the podcast for you today. In true Halloween spirit, I'm giving you more of a university mystery rather than a campus crime chronicle. It's no secret that most colleges and universities have some rich traditions and strong history attached to them. Many come with folk tales and urban legends that have been passed down from one generation of students to the next. And at one institution of higher education in particular, the Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, Well, it's said to be one of the most haunted campuses in the world, but perhaps one of the darkest urban legends lies within the walls of a dormitory on campus, specifically room 428 of Wilson Hall, which has officially been sealed off to any residents living inside the building. This episode is titled, The Haunting of Room 428, And I have a special guest with me today to help me dive into the episode because this is totally her thing, my good friend and coworker, Carissa. So without further ado, let's get started. Carissa. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to have you on today. So do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about why you wanted to be on the podcast? And well, a little bit about you, but also why you wanted to do this podcast with me? Because, you know, this isn't something I normally do. Yeah. So um, first of all, like Nicole said, um, my name is Carissa. I am also in higher ed, a good friend and co-worker. I'm also a campus crime I'm a campus crony. <laughs> I'm also a campus crony. And whenever Nicole was talking a little bit about this upcoming Halloween episode, I was so excited because y'all, creepy and scary is my shit. It really is, isn't it? It really is. So thanks so much for letting me join in. I'm so excited to hear about this. Yeah, awesome. Well, I am so excited to dive into this creepy, scary episode and tell you and my listeners all about Haunted Ohio University. 
So are you ready, Carissa? I'm ready and let's get started. Okay. The Ohio University is the oldest institution of higher education in the state of Ohio, which was founded on February 18, 1804. The university officially opened for classes four years later in 1808 with one building, one professor, and three students. As it expanded over the years, though, so did its history and all the urban legends that were sure to unfold. The building, known as Wilson Hall, was built in 1964 and named after Hiram Roy Wilson, according to Ohio University's website. It is a massive four-story dormitory-style building adorned with tall, white ionic columns at its entrance. But, according to numerous sources, the building was supposedly built on ancient Native American burial grounds. Mm. Is that kind of creepy? Yeah, that's, that's never a good sign. Uh, yeah, you're right, it's not. <laughs> And students have even reported hearing sounds of a river that once ran through the property, as well as hearing chanting voices of Native Americans. So put a pin in that because that's just the tip of the iceberg. According to spiritualist, is that a thing? Is that a real thing, spiritualist? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I also teach medical terminology. It's just a person <laughs> who specializes in. So a spiritualist would just be someone who specializes in anything spiritual. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes it. See, guys, I don't have to do all the research that I normally would do because Carissa's here and I can just ask her. (laughs) She's like my walking, what is it, my walking book of research, knowledge, whatever. (laughs) Spiritualism for dummies. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so according to spiritualist experts, Athens, Ohio, the city itself, is known for extensive paranormal activity. I mean, there isn't a website called hauntedathensohio.com for no reason. And actually, the British Society for Psychical Research even deemed Athens the 13th most haunted place on Earth. But also according to spiritualist (laughs) experts, that word is so hard for me to say. (laughs) Also according to spiritualist experts, Ohio University is specifically a hotspot for supernatural occurrences because of its geography, which is filled with hills and peaks and valleys. Apparently, it makes the area highly conducive to psychic energy. Have you ever heard of that before? Mm, I don't know much about the hills and peaks and valleys. I do know that there are different, like, ley lines and then different seasons and, you know, like, moon and everything um, that would affect that. So it'd be kind of interesting to know if there was a time of year that it picks oh, up more of like, like now. at Halloween yes. <laughs> like right now like when spooky the veil season is, is that why they call it spooky season yes because the veil is thin between the spiritual and the physical realm that's funny that's not the first time i've heard somebody say the veil is thin yep that's what it is interesting okay so before i tell you how wilson hall is supposedly haunted specifically room 428 I need to first tell you a little backstory of a place that was once known as the Athens Lunatic Asylum. You see, this facility, a building that sits atop a tall hill on what is now part of the Ohio University campus, opened its doors in 1874. It was a place where Civil War soldiers with PTSD, violent criminals, women with quote-unquote hysteria, and other patients with mental illness were kept and often given unethical treatment. Mm, yeah, this this is all seeming like a really um, chaotic, 
chaotic forces coming together with the the mental illness um, and quote unquote uh, unethical treatment. What I know. kind of treatment are we talking about here? Okay, I'm glad you asked. So, according to an article by Katie Trot for the Post, which is Ohio University's campus newspaper. Patients were often treated with forced labor, electroshock therapy, hydrotherapy, hysterectomies, psychotropic drugs, and lobotomies. Lots and lots of lobotomies. Krista, do you know what a lobotomy is? Because I did not know before I started the research for this episode. Yes, I do know what a lobotomy is. Um, partially, again, because of my <laughs> healthcare background. Healthcare background. Um, but then also, uh, lobotomies used to be... Uh, used to treat a lot of different, quote, mental illnesses. Um, A lot of creepy, scary movies really feed into that um, stigma of that. Um, I won't go into naming them, but yeah, lots of movies talk about lobotomies for treating uh, mental illnesses. Yeah, and so whenever I researched it, so they like stick a thing in your brain, like a pin or something, and like move it around. Is that right? Yeah, so an otomy refers to um, to cut or to make a hole in. And the you would bring this. <laughs> I would. You would be very academic. Yes, I would. <laughs> Hi, Red. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it basically is cutting a hole or cutting apart part of the front part of your brain in order to rewire... Oh. Um, what what they thought was causing these issues. That it, is creepy. Yeah, it it was eventually deemed, um, you know, highly unethical, and for a while it was practiced a lot. It was kind of um, overused in treating various types of um, what could be legit mental illnesses or could have just been um, different quote unquote hysteria type symptoms. Right. So interesting. See, I knew you were the right person to help me with this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Okay, and apparently horrible deaths would occur inside the building, which resulted from the harsh and brutal unethical treatments, which actually does not surprise me now that you've explained it more. (laughs) So eventually by the 1980s, though, the hospital had shut down and all patients were transferred to a a new and improved facility, the Appalachian Behavioral Health Care. In 1988, then, the building was purchased by Ohio University and renamed the Ridges because of its geographical location or geographical structure. Finally, in 1993, the building was officially repurposed to house administrative offices and academic departments as part of the university operations. Okay, so while science is my forte, geography is not. I don't Mm. think I realized that Ohio was in the Appalachian Mountains. Is that what this is? Um... Because Appalachia is known for its creepy shit. For real? For real. There is so much spiritualism and, like... Well, that would make sense, because yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, like, over there, but, yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense, then. Mm-hmm. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, so as patients were being transferred from the mental facility and relocated to the new hospital, all patients were accounted for except for one, a woman by the name of Margaret Schilling. When hospital staff realized she was missing, they searched the building up and down, but they didn't end up finding her until six weeks later. 
She was found dead in an abandoned section of the hospital, but allegedly, when they found her, her body left an imprint or a permanent stain on the ground or something. It's said that although they have tried to clean it and wash the stain away, it always reappears. That's crazy. That is creepy and crazy. So this stain or blood stain or imprint or whatever it is, is rumored to remain in that building today in what is now known as the Ridges on the Ohio University campus. Y'all, this is the perfect storm for some creepy shit. Can't (laughs) wait to hear about this dormitory. So that brings us to Wilson Hall. Legend has it that a female student and resident of Wilson Hall in the 1970s or 80s, depending on which version you hear, (laughs) had been practicing witchcraft and dark magic inside her room room 428 and then she died a violent death as a result in one version of this story according to an episode of scariest places on earth in 1981 the student touched the stain in the ridges or the former mental hospital that had been left there by margaret Schilling. when the student touched the imprint it is said that margaret's spirit followed the student back to room 428 in wilson hall A few nights later, the student lay asleep in her room, but when she opened her eyes, she saw a ghostly face floating at eye level next to her head. After this, nobody heard anything from the student for several days. When the resident assistants went to check on her, they discovered she had died by suicide in her room. Whoa. But that's just one version of the story. (laughs) There's another one. Okay. So another version of the story, though, is that the female student was particularly practicing astral projection inside Mm. room 428 and by that sound i feel like you know exactly what astral projection is i do know what astral projection is so a lot of times there's um stigma associated with different kinds of astral projection um it can be termed or deemed to be dark magic but that's not actually what it is oh really Mm mm-hmm astral projection Projection is the practice of um, believing that your soul or your astral self can leave its body and travel to the astral plane and basically interact with spirits outside of your body. Um, so if anyone has ever seen like Doctor Strange where he gets shunted out of his body, that's, I mean, Hollywood's version of what astral projection oh, is. Oh, okay. I personally have never done actual astral projection, more like lucid dreaming, which is slightly different. But you, it's you, wait, you've done this? Lucid dreaming? Yeah. Well, okay. What is lucid? Have I done it? Have we Luc- all done it? Lucid dreaming is the out-of-body experience that you get whenever you feel like you're looking down on yourself while you're oh, dreaming. Oh, okay, okay. So that's lucid dreaming is an out-of-body experience that usually just kind of happens, whereas astral projection is consciously like manifesting your astral self like you are trying to experience that out of body you're pulling your spiritual self out of your body into the spiritual realm okay so do you think that if somebody does it it could like cause you to want to um i think that if you are meddling in any kind of spiritual practice that you're unfamiliar with without the proper training and protections in place then uh yeah, there are bad things that could happen. I wouldn't say necessarily that choosing to die by suicide is always a common uh, side effect of that, (laughs) 
But, uh, yeah, they're, depending on, you know, what you believe and what you buy into, there's a lot of um, great and scary shit in the spiritual realm. So. Okay. Because, okay, side note, Carissa totally believes in this stuff, and I kind of don't know for sure if I do or not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I also wanted to have her on here, because two different perspectives. Yeah. So I'm kind of a skeptic. She's totally a believer. Okay, so thank you for sharing what astral projection means. Because, again, y'all, that means I didn't have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here for. Okay, so this student was rumored to have repeatedly attempted to contact the dead, and she even dabbled a bit in sorcery practices. Anyway, in this version of the story, the woman mysteriously died in room 428 soon after attempting to practice this astral projection. Now, there's also another rumor that perhaps a a male resident died in room 428 as well. Some versions of this account suggest he resided in the room before the female student, and other versions say he died after the female student. But either way, he too supposedly died in a mysterious way, and now it is said that his ghost haunts the halls of Wilson Hall. Damn, that's some interesting shit. I think so too. I knew you were going to like it. So, but you said that room... 428 is now closed off, right? Yes. Was there more that happened? Or, like, what happened whenever they they came to the clo- closing up of the room? Okay, yeah. So, lots of stuff happened. So, students who have lived in room 428 since these two alleged deaths have reported experiencing some major paranormal activity. For example, some have said that they heard strange footsteps unexplainable sounds and disembodied voices they've also witnessed objects moving by themselves and flying through the air and slamming to the ground or into the walls lights have flickered on and off doors have opened and closed on their own and by closed i mean they have slammed shut by themselves and then other students have even reported seeing a shadowy figure roaming the halls according to the post One student they interviewed said that one night she set an alarm for 3 a.m. because her roommate was out late. She wanted to wake up, you know, to make sure her roommate got back to their dorm okay. Mm -hmm. So at 3 a.m. when she woke up, she said she looked over and saw what looked like a person sleeping under the covers of her roommate's bed. So, you know, she thought it was her roommate. She also noticed a foot was hanging out with like an ankle bracelet around it. Mm -hmm. And so it was exactly what her roommate had. So she really just assumed, you know, that her roommate was back. So, seeing that her roommate had safely made it back, the girl turned over and went back to sleep. The next morning, though, she woke up to her roommate opening the door and coming in. When the girl asked her roommate why she went back out after she had already come back home, the roommate said it was the first time she'd been back since going out. Like, that was the first time she came back. What? So, either it wasn't her that was there, (laughs) or something was messing with her memory. Hmm. So what camp are you in? I think I'm in the camp that somebody was playing a trick on her. Someone was playing a trick on her, all this shit, and someone was playing a trick on her. (laughs) Yeah, or maybe it was just her imagination. I don't know. I don't know either. It is creepy, though, huh? Creepy. But perhaps what is most scary is the door to room 428. According to the episode of Scariest Places on Earth, which was titled Satan's Dormitory of all titles, <laughs> there appeared to be a demonic face ingrained in the wood of the door. Huh. When the room was still open, the university would continually replace the door, assuming it was caused by student vandalism. But every time they replaced it, the demonic face would soon reappear. 
Eventually, because of the alleged student deaths and all of the reported paranormal activity, the university closed the room for good and sealed it shut. Some accounts say the room has been sealed shut with bricks and mortar to, like, make it look part of the wall, like part of the wall. Yeah. You know, as if the room was never there. And other accounts say the room has been turned into a boiler room, Mm -hmm. which is now equipped with a steel door instead of a wooden one. Either way, room 428 in Wilson Hall does not exist anymore as a room in which students can reside or live. And students who have since lived in Wilson Hall have verified that the room numbers are a little wonky even now, currently. What do you mean wonky? The room numbers are wonky? Yeah, well, just that there is not a room 428. Like, the first floor has a room 128, the second floor a 228, the third a 328, but the fourth floor jumps from, like, 420 to 431 and then, you know, goes up from there. So it skips, like, 10 room numbers altogether. What? I know. And I even looked that up on the website, the Ohio University website, and even got out, like, the floor plans and everything, and it does. It jumps from 420 to 431. Whoa, that's crazy. I think it's crazy, too. So that's the only thing that I'm not skeptical about. Like, I know that is true. (laughs) For sure was blocked off. For sure has messed up all of the numbers. Yes, correct. Those are the two things we know for sure. Hmm. (laughs) And just like those wonky room numbers, residents of Wilson Hall still to this day have reported unusual happenings in other parts of the dorm as well. According to the reporting of Katie Trott for The Post, in March of 2022, junior journalism major Stephanie Jakubek said that weeks after moving into Wilson Hall, unexplained things started happening. And to me, this is the creepiest stuff. Once, she and her roommate were in their room, and both of their mirrors, the only two mirrors in the room, flew off the wall. Um, I'm curious if in your research you found where those mirrors were placed. Okay, so it had pictures of them, and it didn't really say where they were placed, but it showed the pictures of them on the ground and where they were cracked, both of the mirrors. The only reason I ask is because mirrors have been known to be a portal to other worlds, and if you have two mirrors facing each other, that, that can open shit up. Oh my gosh. Um... Uh, maybe they were. To me, know. it's almost like they had to have been. If, this, if been. this were true, then they had to have been. That's great. I mean, that's that's why I was asking, because you're reading this to me, and I'm like, mm, shit, someone did not know. They did not close up their mirrors. Oh, my God. I wouldn't have known. I probably would have had them facing each other. <laughs> you would have been <laughs> <that's... laughs> Well, let me tell you what Stephanie said. She explained, quote, The first one came out into the middle of the room, and seconds later, the other landed directly in front of me. Each of them shattered, end quote. Yep, someone didn't seal up their mirrors properly. (laughs) That is pretty creepy, especially now that I know that. Mm Mm-hmm. Now you're going to go home and check all your mirrors, I am, but I don't think I have any that face each other. I don't think I do. Well, you better go check. I guess so. I'll come help you. Okay. Well, a week later, Stephanie laid a math textbook flat on top of her dresser, but the book flew at her and landed at her feet. Another time, okay, this one is really creepy. Let me tell you. A string of lights turned on and started going through the pre-programmed cycles. Dude, the lights required batteries. There were no batteries in them. What? That's what she said. That's what what the story said. That's what the reporting said. But wait, let me tell you the creepiest thing of all. 
Stephanie said she had her dorm room door open, and out of the corner of her eye, she saw a young woman with brunette hair pass by. When she noticed this, Stephanie stepped into the hallway to check to see who it was, but the woman wasn't there. Stephanie said she would have only missed the woman if she were sprinting down the hallway, which she was not doing. She was walking. Hmm. Definitely not a physical body of this woman. That would freak me out, though. I think that would freak me out if I saw something. Because, you know, whenever you see something like that, and then you go check it out, and then you think you're crazy. Like, you're going crazy. Like, maybe I didn't see something. Like, maybe it was just, like, my imagination. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Me too. So that, I don't know. It is, that freaks me out though. I don't know. I'm less creeped out by it just because of my beliefs and everything. Not everything that's spiritual or spirits or ghosts is uh, maleficent. Oh, like bad intention? Like bad intention. So. Okay. Well, anyway, I think that, well, I think the reason it creeps me out is because I've, that's happened to me before, but then every time I go out and check, I always see the person who walked by. Mm, Right? mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, okay. But. If I didn't see the person, I'd be like, where the fuck did they go? Well, it's kind of like how in our office, a lot of times you hear, it seems like a door is opening and someone's coming in, but no one's came in. Oh, that's true. But that's, that, mm, I could explain that away, I think. <laughs> um, off the record or on the record, whichever. Uh-oh. I had a different coworker tell me yesterday that supposedly someone hanged themselves on campus here. In this office? I don't know if oh, it was in this office. I am recording in my office. <laughs> in our office? No, just on campus. But that may or may not be a myth. Hmm. Kind of like these. Kind of like these. Okay. All right. Well, perhaps something that could help further explain these unusual occurrences, you know, if they are indeed true, is that Wilson Hall is said to be at the center of a pentagram that connects five cemeteries in Athens. And Carissa, you did do a little research on the symbolic meaning of a pentagram because we talked about this beforehand. Mm -hmm. So can you share that with our listeners, my listeners, our listeners today? Our listeners today. Um, Yeah, so to me, pentagrams are really interesting because of the symbology that people associate with it today, right? Okay. So now a lot of people think of pentagrams as a bad sign or evil, like satanic worship. Mm-hmm. But the history of pentagrams don't point to that at all. Oh. Um, actually, a pentagram is just a five-pointed star, usually drawn by one continuous line, probably similar to how the majority of people draw just a five-pointed star. Mm-hmm. Um, the pentagram is usually depicted with the top point facing up, and there's lots of different symbology throughout different cultures for why this is. Um, Some cultures um, equate it to the different elements, um, water, air, fire, earth, and spirit. Oh, okay. Um, The five points? The five points. But it also has been used um, throughout various religions, including Christianity. For real? For real. Whenever um, Christianity was a brand new baby, a couple years after the death of Christ, it was used to the basic pentagram, which is just the star without the circle. It was used um, to represent the five different wounds of Jesus Christ. Since then, um, it's also been used in um, Islam, where it's called the Star of Solomon, um, and different kinds of religions throughout then. Now it is most commonly associated with neo-paganism or Wicca. Oh, okay. Um, And then if the pentagram 
which is just the star has a circle around it, is called a pentacle. Oh. And if it is inverted, where instead of the one point being up, it's the point is facing down. Down. Then that is um, symbolic in different um, satanic uh, rituals or satanic beliefs, which again there's a lot of misconceptions regarding what is satanism um yeah yeah but we we i won't digress into that too far but yeah so it it really is interesting um the symbology behind a pentagram is kind of like with any symbol uh society kind of puts meaning into it Mm -hmm. and so now it is kind of deemed or stigmatized into being bad or evil or dark but that was not always and is still not always the case gotcha and I think in some of my research before I asked you to research because I knew she was going to do way better at it than (laughs) than me some people have said it it can be a symbol of safety maybe you said that and I missed it yeah yeah so um for some practicing pagans um the pentacle or the pentagram is actually um seen as being like um a protective sigil okay that makes sense well thank you for sharing that with us Mm -hmm. so experts say that the pentagram could have very little meaning though if any so maybe i might burst the pentagram bubble i don't know (laughs) but in other words they say that any five points can be connected on a map to form a pentagram Essentially, they say it's like a game of connect the dots. So the pentagram theory is merely speculation, but it's interesting. It is interesting. (laughs) So they're saying that the five cemeteries are probably just random and you can connect any five dots. It doesn't necessarily have any bearing on. Right. Interesting. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think connect the dots is that easy. (laughs) I don't know. Pentagram's pretty Like, yeah, I wouldn't think that it connect the dots. yeah. Yeah. I would think that it would be hard to actually connect the dots on a pentagram without forming a pentagram. Yeah. Or if that makes sense. I would agree with that. All right. So I did come across an article, because you know I am a skeptic, (laughs) but I did come across an article by David DeWitt for Athens News that attempts to debunk some of the Athens area folklores and urban legends, especially the story of the woman who allegedly died by suicide in room 428 of Wilson Hall. According to DeWitt, there was never a suicide death in Wilson Hall, at least not as recounted in the legend. Instead, there was a student who requested to be transferred to room 428 because she was curious about the stories of the supernatural occurrences that had been reported there previously. Understandable. I probably would have done the same thing. Yes, you would have. You would have totally. But (laughs) let me tell you what this girl was doing. (laughs) So the student, we will call her Delilah because her name has been revealed, but just out of respect for her because, you know, it's like all these rumors have gotten started or whatever these are have gotten started because of her. So I'm going to be respectful and call her Delilah. But Delilah told the Post she was particularly curious about parapsychology. The dark magic rumor allegedly started when other students saw what they called an altar in Delilah's room, which was actually a red desk covered with a sheet and some candles. Delilah later explained to the Post in an interview that the so-called altar was a place she set up for her own meditation. Which is understandable because, again, there's a lot of stigma surrounding pagan or witchcraft practices. And a lot of people set up their own little quote-quote altars either to um, sacrifice, like, whatever, to different deities mm-hmm. or just as a place for self-reflection and self um like meditation. meditation yeah so you think she was probably 
that was the truth. Yeah, I mean, I think that it very well could have just been either her own spiritual practice, which was misconstrued as satanic, or she could not have had any connection to different pagan deities and just wanted a place to to light her candles right well either way it they say that that is what started this urban legend but Mm. i don't know so i want to tell you about some other stuff that happened on campus because whether you believe this particular ghost story or not it's no secret that ohio university is filled with some creepy and scary tales Ooh, even more yeah bring it Okay, so for shits and giggles, (laughs) I took a deep dive into a few blog posts and comments on blog posts about all the paranormal activity allegedly going down on campus. And there are actually a lot more stories and accounts out there, both about Wilson Hall and other places on campus as well. Let's start with a few accounts that focus specifically on Wilson Hall. One woman, Jan Whittington, said she lived on the third floor of Wilson from 1987 to 1988 and that she and her friends would hear noises coming from above them. She said at the time, room 428 was bolted shut and had a large metal bar across it. She remembered the door itself being made of thick steel. So to me, that... Points to the boiler room theory. Yes. 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 I agree. That's the exactly. first thing I thought too. But another person in one of those blog posts pointed out that why would you have a boiler room on the fourth on fourth? the fourth yeah. floor yeah. oh good point i don't know yeah. that doesn't make any sense so it's weird i thought so too okay so another person who posted anonymously said they lived in the hall and played a ouija board for fun one night with a friend the person said they lit candles and did the whole shebang and when they asked about any spirits in the room the game piece started moving all over the place the person who made the post wrote quote We were both in shock and accused each other of moving it. After swearing I didn't, my friend left the room in tears, terrified. I just sat staring at it, end quote. Yeah, I mean, again, I feel like sometimes you should not be messing with shit that you don't know anything about. Um, Like I said, most spirits aren't going to be malicious, but it's just like if someone was to come in asking you random shit without being like kind or respectful, then you could get kind of pissed off too. Yeah, or like, I don't know, some random person walking into your house and being like, hey, are you here? You're like, yeah, bitch, I'm here. This is my house. (laughs) Get the (laughs) hell out. (laughs) Okay, that uh, noted. Maybe I'd be mad too. So other dorms and buildings have a bit of their own ghost stories too, primarily the ones located in the West Green area of campus, which is like a road that runs through campus called West Green, but then there's like several dormitories and buildings right there with it. Okay. Um, because they were all said to be part of the Native American burial grounds. Okay. For example, in Brown Hall, ghostly sounds of children can be heard splashing around in a long-gone swimming pool. Interesting. Jefferson Hall is known for its marble sounds, where to a listening ear, it sounds like someone is dropping hundreds of marbles onto the floor or the roof of the building. Like the floor above, I should say. The floor roof above of the building. Washington Hall is said to have an entire ghostly basketball team after they were killed in a bus accident oh. shortly after visiting the university. I know it sounded funny, but then you realize like it and actually happened. And then I was happened. like, oh, never yeah. mind. Scratch that. <laughs> because students have, heard, have reported hearing footsteps running up and down the halls and even the distant sound of bouncing basketballs. Whoa. Also, in the ridges... 
you know, the building that was originally the Athens Lunatic Asylum. Mm -hmm. Well, there are accounts of people swearing they've seen a woman or a shadow of a figure of a woman in the window of a room of the room that she was found in. Mm-hmm. And they see random lights flickering through the windows. And that was the place where the stain will yes. continually reappear. Yes. Well, allegedly it oh. reappears. Oh. Allegedly. <laughs> yes. And then finally, the Convocation Center, which is also located in the West Green area, is said to be haunted by several ghosts in the dormitory portion of the building. One story includes the ghost of an RA who was supposedly killed by her boyfriend, and now she roams the halls at night. And another story, this one's kind of funny to me, is about the ghost of a student who died while sleeping, and now the ghost embraces other students sleeping at night. Like a hug. Even ghosts get lonely, okay? I guess so. I guess so. (laughs) So, I don't know. What do you think, Carissa? I think that... You know, it's it's hard to say for sure. Like you said, your journalism side, a lot of these are unsubstantiated claims. Yes. But I will say that this, it does seem like the perfect storm for paranormal activity. Disrespected indigenous burial grounds. Yes. Um, unethical mental health treatment. Yes. Um, multiple potential you know paranormal activities especially if it is located in a geographical area where that happened so I don't know obviously the entire campus thought that it was a big enough deal to seal it all off right I know okay so I my final thoughts are I am a skeptic but all of these accounts have to stem from somewhere from something. right like because so it's not just wilson hall room 428 which is freaky in itself mm-hmm. but even if none of that is true all the other stuff that happens on campus and in athens itself i don't know i just think that there's got to be some sort of truth to these some sort of experiences that rooted these legends in there's myths. too much too many to just ignore i agree Okay, y'all. Well, whether you believe in the supernatural or not, there's no shortage of ghostly tales and spooky stories from The Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. That's all, folks. Awesome. That was great. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that with me and letting me be a part of it. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for being a guest. And this is totally... I hope my listeners like this because this is totally different than obviously what I normally do but I don't know I wanted to do something fun and exciting for Halloween just to kind of get in the spirit and I don't know yeah Halloween's the perfect time to mix things up and try something new I agree let us know what y'all think if you enjoyed it and if you didn't well then keep those thoughts to yourself no I'm just joking (laughs) no if you didn't well trust me next week I'll be back with a new campus crime chronicle so y'all that officially brings us to the end of this episode be sure to check out my social media at campus crime chronicles on both facebook and instagram where i always post photos associated with each case and episode okay y'all well that's all for today so bye for now bye campus crime chronicles is researched written and recorded by me nicole turner and it's edited and produced by Giari gassaway tune in again in two weeks for the next chronicle as it as it i always mess up (laughs) according to spiritual s okay is known for extensive paranormal activity 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 (laughs) activity Patients were often treated with forced labor, electroshock therapy, hydrotherapy, hysterectomies, psycho... This is so hard to say, these words. (laughs) Do you want me to read this one? (laughs)
Yeah, Carissa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I will. These are all these are all up my alley. They are, they are right. Like yeah. in your thing. <laughs> okay, I can get it. So I'm not really that great with geography. I thought the capital of Kansas was liberal. <laughs> that was a long time ago, guys. I have a PhD since then. In one version of this story, story, in one, I'm, I'm not a different <laughs> story, story. So, sorry. I was, I'm trying to scroll up. Oh, tell me more. You already said it. <laughs> oh, tell me more. I was like, like, are you really excited about it? I'm gonna say it. Oh, like, I'm gonna say it exactly like that again. Oh, tell me more. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I'm gonna have to edit this. I don't know. I'm gonna leave some of our banter in, not all of it, but I'm gonna leave some of it. Yeah, leave some of it. I will. The point, or wait, another person in one of those blog po posts, poise. I am terrible. Words are hard. They are. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.